Good evening, everyone. I'd like to uh, welcome everyone together for our first uh, discipleship night. So this is a uh, new initiative. So once a month, we'll be having a two, three-week series on irrelevant theological topics. And uh, discipleship is really the mission that uh, Jesus gave to the church right at the beginning. And so a disciple is someone who Im imitates Christ, learns from Christ, so that he, can, he or she can live the faith in the world. So we welcome you who are gathered here in the church tonight, uh, those who are connecting uh, via live stream. And we look forward to, uh, to a great series. And uh, Father's going to share a few words. Yeah, and so we're titling this whole month A New Perspective. And over the, the weeks of COVID, particularly quarantine, uh, we just were discerning what is the mission of the parish, what is the vision of the parish. And so we're very excited to introduce to you uh, what we have discussed with the parish council and Monsignor will be speaking more about it, but this new vision, which is a new perspective, at least for us here at St. Bridget. Yeah, I'm just uh, very grateful, echoing the same word that they said, but grateful that we're uh, a wonderful family here. I think that's so important and I've just seen that grow over my time here. I've got another uh, extension on my contract here for a little bit longer to to be part of this community. I think it's just great that we were able to. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that for that. <laughs> but I, I just, I see the beauty of us becoming a, a greater family through the relationships that I've uh, encountered in my life here and how we're becoming greater disciples through those relationships. So uh, this will be a wonderful series, I believe, for all of us. So I'm going to just say a little prayer, and then uh, uh, Paul Wolkertz is going to lead us in an opening song. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask your blessing on this a new series. And uh, during this uh, time of pandemic where there's so many challenges, we uh, center ourselves in our relationship with you and your call for us to follow you, to be your disciples. May we grow through this series. May we uh, know your blessings and may we be strengthened to share your presence, your light, and your love with all we encounter. Please stand. We're going to sing, Come As You Are, and this, the, the first verse, Come Out of Sadness from Wherever You've Been. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken, come brokenhearted, the rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow, heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens. So lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. All who are broken. All who are broken. Lift up your face, oh wanderer, oh wanderer, come home, you're not too far. So lay down your hurts, lay down your heart, come as you are. Let's sing that again, come out of sadness. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, 
let rescue begin. Come find, come find your mercy. Oh, sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow the heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Sing, lay down. So lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. All who are broken. All who are broken. Lift up your face. Oh, wanderer. Again, lay down your burdens. Lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. All who are, all who are broken, lift up your face. So wander. Please be seated. And you know, I welcome everyone. So uh, during this uh, time of uh, unusual time, pandemic, we, uh, we've given a lot of thought and a lot of conversations as parish staff, uh, also as a parish council on our, our, our vision and you know, just uh, during this time, how can we, how can we live the faith, what's really at the heart of what we're, we're, we're called to be about. And so uh, tonight we're in this series, we uh, are going to be focusing on three elements, belonging, believing, becoming. And so as far as a vision, belonging to Christ in the church, believing in the good news of Jesus Christ and the teachings of the church, and becoming a disciple of, of Jesus Christ, belonging, believing, becoming. So I'm going to be focusing on belonging. You know, I, I grew up at uh, St. Patrick Parish in McHenry, Illinois. It's where I received all my sacraments. I celebrated my first Mass. It's still a very, very special church. And when we're talking about belonging, there's a sacrament that's pivotal. It's the sacrament of baptism. That's where we become a child of God. It's where we, we are incorporated into the body of Christ. And uh, Jesus really desired for his followers, his disciples, to be together. He didn't want us going at it solo. And uh, it's a, I think it's a bit dangerous to try to go at it solo because there's a lot of challenges out there in the world. We get worn down. That's why we need community. We need the sacraments. And so the gateway to the other sacraments is, uh, is, is, is baptism, where we are incorporated into Christ. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the significance of, of, of belonging, and, uh, which will lead us into uh, part two and, uh, and, and part three. So... We all know how important that is. And for me as a, as a pastor, I give a lot of thought how to help people to get connected with the parish, 
and to be nourished by the Lord through the sacramental life of the parish. But there's a lot of challenges, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about the impact of the pandemic near the end here, but uh, there's a number of reasons why people drift or disconnect from the church, and it always saddens me because it's Jesus' church. You know, Jesus is right at the, he's right at the heart, even how, we, how a church is structured with the tabernacle, the Eucharist, the crucifix, the altar. He's right at the heart of the church. It always saddens me when, when I hear people getting, getting disconnected. But why does, why does that happen? Let me just mention a, a few things here. And I, I draw a number of these from a Bishop of Saltieria, who he's a, been deceased for a number of years now, but a great evangelist and you know, great, great thinker. And uh, he, uh, I get some of this from him and then from my own experience. But uh, one reason why people uh, drift or disconnect is that some were hurt in some way by Catholics, clergy or laity, and have not been reconciled. And so maybe it's encountering a grumpy priest. You know, it might be calling to get a child baptized and being met with like 10 hurdles to, you know, to, to move toward that sacrament. Or maybe around a funeral, there's some, some, some hurt that happens. And we, we know that the church is, it's, it's Christ is at the heart, but it's composed of ordinary people like you and me. And sometimes we're, we're, we're all sinners. We all need God's mercy. And so sometimes hurts do, do happen. That's why the church always needs to be about reconciliation. But sadly, some people distance themselves because of, of, of hurt. Think about your own relationships. When you're, you're angry at someone, do you want to be around them all the time? You know, we usually, you know, so there needs to be reconciliation. So we always have to have that spirit of reconciliation as, 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 as Catholics. You know, a second reason why I think people, people drift is there's, there's uh, many people who feel they can be fine Christians without being connected to the church. Maybe you've heard someone say, you know, I, I, I'm spiritual but not religious. And uh, they just don't sense a need for anything communal or, or organizational. And again, the church isn't meant to be a, you know, a, a, a big bureaucracy, a, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the body of Christ, but there is an organizational dimension and a communal dimension. But, the, you know, in our, our American society, where there's such an emphasis on individualism, you can see how people can get drawn into that. And just, well, I really just don't, you know, I don't need it. But, you know, the danger is going at it solo. My experience is rather than people's faith getting stronger, it tends to weaken because we're wired up as we're communal. And that's why I think Jesus wants us together in the church so that we can stay strong and we can continue, and we can continue to grow. But that's a, I think that's another, another reason why people may distance themselves. And, you know, and sadly, it's especially strong with, uh, with, with, with young people. And uh, you know, we probably, I mean, how many of you have a family member, at least one family member, who's really disconnected from, from the church? You know, we probably all have, you know, so it, it saddens us. We don't lose hope, and I'm going to get to the, you know, the hopeful part in a bit, but there's, there's definitely some challenges. But that I'm spiritual but not religious, that's a very strong current in our, in our society. Uh, number three, the, the magnitude of the sexual abuse scandals have led some to disconnect. No, no doubt about it. I've, I've, I've heard that from people. And uh, the, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a real sadness and the human dimension of the church, it's, uh, people get, get hurt, people fall. And uh, 
you know, that's why we, you know, we really need to always be centered in the Lord, and there needs to be renewal and reform. But this has been a, you know, this has been a, a biggie. And so it's a, it creates some significant challenge for us in reconciliation. But uh, we always believe reconciliation can happen. And even with the, uh, and, and it's the Lord Jesus who ultimately brings about the reform and the renewal. And so we, we, we need to be hopeful. I think a fourth, uh, fourth reason why people might distance or, uh, or disconnect is that some are in conflict with the teachings of the church on matters of faith and morality. So someone might feel, well, I just don't believe what the church teaches about abortion or what the church teaches about marriage or some, some, some doctrine. And uh, I was in campus ministry for many years at NIU, you know, and I, I just know the way that, uh, that uh, you know, Catholic beliefs can get attacked by academia, and uh, you know, so there can be a, there can be uh, there can be a lot of uh, contesting of the faith that's out there, and people can ingest that, and so I, I just know some disconnect or distance because of struggles with uh, Catholic belief, especially in the area of uh, of morality. And if you're just listening to all the you know the political debates now and then uh, going on, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moral issues out there that are being debated. And, uh, but I know that's the reason some distance themselves from, the, from, from their Catholicism. Uh, a fifth one would be, others never knew their faith well or were, and were ignorant of the basics. They were easily misled in their understanding, exploited by those who attack Catholic beliefs and practices for their own purposes. What this, this one's getting at is that uh, if there's not a strong foundation you know, it's a very superficial understanding of, of the Catholic faith. And all of a sudden, you know, someone challenges it, you know, on it and it can easily fall away because you just don't know, know the faith. So uh, it's more than just a head. You know, it's certainly also about the heart and the soul, but there's a knowledge we need to have of the faith because there are forces out there that really seek to pull us away from, from Christ and the church. But that's another reason why people might distance a sixth one would be, some did not experience the power and presence of God in Catholicism or in the Catholic community of which they were a part. Many Catholics never develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's interesting that Pope Francis, in the, the first book he wrote, is Pope, The Joy of the Gospel. He's got a, a few lines in there. That every, he was calling every Catholic to have a renewed personal relationship in Jesus Christ. It almost sounded, you know, Protestant evangelical, but it's, it's, so, it's so Catholic. I mean, we're a relational, it's a relational religion. Connect with a person, with, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that, that personal relationship is very important. Knowledge is important, but it's, it's got to also come down here into our heart and our soul, because that's what's going to move us. That's what people sacrifice their lives for. And so I, I truly believe that uh, we, each one of us here, you know, we, we could always deepen that friendship with God and that personal relationship. But the, you know, sadly, some if, if if it's not there, it's much easier for people just to to drift away because there's there's not something on the inside that's keeping them keeping them connected. So, and our relationship with God, faith, is a gift. But what parents can do, what a parish community can do, is till the soil so that the Holy Spirit can really touch people, and that personal relationship can can grow. And, uh, you know, if we got that, you just know how, how vital and important that is and how life-giving. And uh, sadly, some never had that experience or have 
So we, we always need to be having those experiences where certainly liturgy, but even like retreats and things like that can, that can help that, that can happen. Another one would be, and th this one I think is huge, a significant number of the inactive simply got lazy in the practice of their faith and drifted away. They've had, had no bad experiences, nothing traumatic. It's just, uh, it's just sloth or laziness. Of you know, start going every other week, once a month, all of a sudden it's Christmas and Easter, and then it's never. You probably heard some of the results from some of these surveys that one of the biggest growing segments in the United States are what they call the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Those who on surveys say they, they belong to no tradition, to no, no faith. Now, probably 50, 75 years ago, that might have been like 5%. You know, now it's like 25%. And uh, fast-growing segments of who self-identify as agnostic or, or atheist, especially among the young. So we definitely have some, some work to do. But a, a, a big reason why disconnect is just, it's just human drift and, and, and laziness. Uh, an eighth one I, I put down is recent immigrants can feel that their culture is not respected. Now, this isn't always the case. And we, I mean, we have very active Hispanic ministry in our diocese, Filipino and multicultural type experiences. But, uh, you know, sometimes when people come into uh, a, a parish and if they're new to the, to the country and, and can really feel maybe not at, not at home or not, not belonging, and so that's, uh, that's, that, that's, that's always a challenge, and I know it's always on our, our bishop's heart, you know, and how people to, of the, the diversity of church to be able to, to connect. Another important one would be, and I've, I've dealt with this a lot in my priestly ministry, sometimes people will drift away because they've experienced a personal tragedy or the death of a loved one, and it can cause some to feel anger toward God or feel that God doesn't care. Now, we know God cares, and he's not up there to make our lives miserable. You know, this like, things happen. We're all going to pass. But someone might, uh, feel, well, gosh, it's just not fair. They were so young, and, and what, what can happen is they just, a feeling of disappointment, maybe even anger. And again, I ask you, do you like hanging around people you're angry with? And so what happens is just kind of, will disconnect. Sometimes it's just a temporary thing. They need to kind of work it through. But uh, with some of life's tragedies and struggles, it can uh, lead some people to feel or have a, a struggle with who God is. And again, we, when you look at the scriptures and how Jesus was with those who had any kind of struggle or, or heartache or hardship, you know, Jesus is present to lift us up. So sometimes it's a little bit more of a head theological thing but that can cause people to drift. A big one is uh, an ever-increasing secularization in society that tends to marginalize God in the church. For some people, God and the church are no longer on their radar screen. And secularization is kind of a general term, but it, basically what's, what we're getting at when we say secularization is just kind of taking God out of the, the equation or, or, or the picture, and it's just human-centered. And is that, is that kind of an increasing current in our society, in the world, I, I, I think it is. And again, I think it's reflected in the, you know, a, a growing movement toward agnosticism and, 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 and atheism that, you know, God's just not in, not in the picture. And uh, that's, that's very troublesome. And unfortunately, the young are especially vulnerable to that. 
and can be drawn into that and it can drain the faith out of people. An 11th one, um, many young people and not so young people believe you are either a science person or a religious person and struggle to integrate scientific knowledge with, with religious truth. You know, I've, I've had, it, sometimes at retreat, someone's, you know, well, Father, I'm a, like, I'm a science guy or, you know, I'm a science gal. It's like the two can't be integrated or come together. It's either you're, you're into the scientific world or you're into the religious world. And some of the greatest scientists in the history of uh, humanity were Catholic priests, were, were Christians. You know, so there's no, there's no inherent need for that, 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 that separation. And if science is seeking truth in the area of like the in creation and, and how the world operates, the, uh, again, there's lots of Catholic scientists. You know, again, sometimes science can be militantly anti-religious, some scientists, but in and of itself, um, you know, even at the Vatican, they have an academies connected with, with, with science. And so anything that can lead us into truth and understanding God's creation and truth, you know, can, can be integrated. But, you know, sadly, some people think it's, it's one or the other. It can't be that, that integration. Or, that, or they just kind of dismiss it, uh, religion as, as a bunch of, uh, you know, nonsense. And there are those voices out there. And I think the young are especially vulnerable. And sadly, sometimes even on college, Catholic college campuses, you know, they can, young people can run into, you know, that, that kind of thinking process. Twelfth uh, one, some have been kept from full communion with the church because of a marriage outside of the church. And one of the most painful things people can go through is a divorce. And sometimes people think they're totally gone. They can't, you know, it's, it's, it's a very disorienting experience for anyone who goes through that, even people of deep faith. And so the church has ministries to help people to, to heal and to, and, and to reconcile. But sometimes people feel they're too far gone or they can't come back or they failed too badly. You know, that, that's never the case. The church can always help people with reconciliation, but sometimes people will just kind of drift away because of what they've experienced and they think there's no, there's no coming back. Just a couple more here, real, real, real briefly. Um, others moved to new locations and never got around to finding a new church. That's probably connected to sloth. So, but I've seen that where people move and then it's like, you know, it takes them a couple years to find, you know, connect with the parish. So, again, people can get a little disoriented when they when they experience change. And I have to say that this this whole coronavirus pandemic, you know, think about it. You know, there were two months straight where there were no public masses. It was just like live stream liturgy. Thank goodness for live stream. At least we could, we could make connections and you know, spiritual communion. But uh, it was very eerie when all this started. And here we are in the church. And I was not used to having no one in the church just looking at a camera. And I had to keep, I, initially I had to, you know, you're just so used to kind of like panning around. And, and they, you know, our live stream guy, hey, Father, you just got to look at the camera. You don't, you know, you know. So, but the, uh, think about it, two months, you know, and I, for the people, I hear some, from so many people, is it, what, what, what a challenge. And, uh, you know, even, even now where, you know, we can have 30% here at the church, but there's so many who don't feel comfortable coming back yet, or there's, you know, they're, they're, they've got health issues, and uh, there's so much fear and worry and anxiety. And, uh, 
and some of the studies there, you know, there's just some of the struggles around mental health issues in light of all this and increased feelings of loneliness. And you think about all those elderly people who have had to get separated and, you know, their families couldn't get in. And, you know, so, I mean, we're talking about belonging and just all the feelings of dis disconnection. So that's where I think the church is especially, that's why we were spending so much time really trying to connect with a parish through ask the priest and, you know, when, when you got Father John and I like really doing like goofy things on camera, you know, we're really trying hard to, uh, you know, connect with, <laughs> you know, but it's actually a lot of fun, you know, so we, we're trying to do some teaching through all of that too. But the, uh, uh, and really what's a pastor supposed to be about our parish, you know, really help people to grow closer to Christ. So we were, you know, so it was very uh, anxiety producing time for us as well, just that, that, that disconnection. So I'm so happy at least one level we can kind of come back together. And because uh, don't, don't we feel more at home when we're, when we're connected to the church and the body of Christ and the Eucharist and the sacraments? And uh, it's not just belonging to a, a group, a church, but it's also belonging to Christ and deepening that friendship and that, that union. So it's challenging times, no doubt about it, but uh, you know, the Lord is bigger than any virus, any struggle. So we can have total confidence. You know, we we just need to keep centered in Him, and He's gonna He's gonna lead us where where we need to be. So, a little shift here. How can we help the disconnected get connected again? I just I'm not, this isn't gonna be a real long section here, but I think it's important. You know, you know the number one reason why people return to the faith is not because of an advertisement or a homily or or, or, or a commercial. It's because someone they know and respect invites them. Sounds simple, doesn't it? I mean, that's invitational evangelization. We can all do that. Um, it's a humble, loving invitation. Is it always successful? No. But the number one reason why, why, why people would return. So that's something we always have to, we always have to be thinking of in our day-to-day -day is, because we probably all know people who are, who are disconnected in one way or another, and Maybe through you or me, we can be that instrument the Lord uses to bring people back into the body of Christ, into that place of belonging to him and, and to the church. Uh, secondly, follow the Jesus method. Meet people where they're at and help them to take the next step. When you read through the Gospels, you know, Jesus sometimes encountered people, their lives were an incredible mess. You think about the woman at the well, that, that Gospel we have during the... Uh, uh, year A in, in, in Lent, a Samaritan woman, Jesus encounters her at the well, they enter this powerful conversation. Her life, you know, she's been married a number of times and kind of, kind of a lost soul in a way. Does Jesus dismiss her, belittle her, condemn her? No, he beautifully engages her in a conversation about living water and powerful things happen in her life. That's meeting someone where they're at and, and lifting them up and help them to grow. And uh, so your priests here, we, we, we try to do that because people come here all different, all over the place. And uh, sometimes it's pretty challenging, but they, I just know the formation of all our younger, newer priests, it's so good with their preparation and their pastoral approach. And just my own experience, it's, it's meeting people where they're at and helping them to take those steps of growth. Because sometimes when people come back new, if they've been away a while, they're really fearful about being judged or being uh, kind of 
maybe pushed to the side or not taken seriously. But when you do respectfully engage someone, it can really, the Lord can work through that and bring that back into, their, into the practice of the faith. You know, third one, everyone in the church needs to be welcoming and share a Christ-like hospitality. And I think as Catholics, we need to warm it up. Sadly, we've got kind of a reputation for being a little bit cold. And it hasn't been my experience at most of the parishes that I've been at, but uh, sadly, that's the thought that a lot of people have out there. And when I, when I say a Christ-like hospitality, I think it has to start with the leaders. And so something I've always practiced where I've ever been at is before and after Mass to be, before Mass to be out there greeting people as they're coming in. And again, you can't do that if sometimes things come up. Or at the end of Mass to be out there. But uh, I think Sunday morning, I, I was, uh, I would, you know, if you kind of take it to a, like a sports connection, for, for a Catholic priest, Sunday is game day. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, this is like, the people are gathering. And if we're sitting in the rectory, what's that about, you know? We've got all week to pray. You know, we you know, pray on Sunday too. But, you know, I think to be there for the, for the people, to be a good shepherd, and I think what it communicates to the people is care, and that the priest is there as a, as, as a good shepherd for the people. And there's really important ministry that happens before and after Mass. So I've just been a firm, and plus it's very, very enjoyable from my experience. And it's like, you know, we, it's a great way to connect with the parishioners and, you know, we got a, we got a lot of great characters in the parish here, you know, so it's, so it's, it's very enjoyable too, but it's also very important ministry. But it's not just, it's not just a priest. Hopefully the, the priests are good examples and good shepherds for the people in this area. But uh, even for, for all of us to, to reflect Christ, even as we're in, in the pews before Mass, you know, sadly, you hear some stories of, you know, people who think that, that the pew they're in is their pew. It's their, you know, and you know, you, know, you know what prime real estate is in the Catholic Church is the back pew, you know, so it's like, you know, so the, actually that's in all traditions, by the way. But, you know, there can be, you know, someone can be alienated just trying to get into a pew by the look on someone's face or their, you know. So I think it's about all of us, and it's not just here in the church. I think of like our, say like our parish secretaries, you know, anyone, you know, over at the school, religious education program, those in leadership, uh, do we reflect hospitality and care and a Christ-like concern for the people we're, we're, we're ministering with? You know, and I, I remember Monsignor Bill Schwartz, who, uh, a good friend of mine, he's retired now, but I, I remember when I was in the seminary, him sharing something, and it always stayed with me. You know, he said whenever like a bride would call to schedule a, a wedding, and, and usually they're terrified, you know, what, you know, are they going to be received, you know, are they, what they, you, you know, and he would always congratulate them, right, start with a congratulation, very warm, and uh, that just made all the difference in the world, and helping the person relax, you know, because maybe there were some issues that needed to be addressed. But how do, we, how do we receive, again, it's that Jesus method, taking people where they're at and, and helping them to grow. But I, I, think, our, I think our Catholic Church could, uh, could certainly improve when it comes to that, that, that welcoming, welcoming uh, atmosphere. Uh, fourthly, I've got just, just two more here. Uh, prayerful, inspiring liturgies and homilies are, are vitally important. 
Again, the liturgy, ultimately it's the Lord's. You know, he's at the center of it with the Eucharist. And, but it's these human instruments, you know, you and me, the, you know, the liturgical ministers, the priest, and it's very important as well. And that it's well-prepared homilies. And uh, I think we're really blessed here. Well, let me tell you, no priest ever hits it out of the ballpark every time. You know, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, that did not come out really good, you know, kind of a thing. But, you know, we really want to prepare so that people can be inspired and encouraged and, li and live in the faith. And uh, I think it's liturgy is so, so important. And again, it's the Eucharist, the Lord is at the center. But how we are with each other and what is shared. And, and even like with, uh, it's so great having Paul here leading us in a couple songs tonight. And music, music's very important. And, uh, you know, as Catholics, we could, how many of you think we could use a little improvement with our participation in singing? You know, we, we probably all, we all, we all could. When you're at a liturgy and people are participating and it's, again, these masks don't help, but the, and we can't even have songbooks right now. But, you know, when people are participating and it's, I mean, it's just that there's a spirit there and aliveness and it's engaging. Have you ever been at a liturgy where you, you felt like you were like in, a, in a, like in a wax museum? I mean, it was just kind of like, kind of like dead. And so, but we're, we're all called to participate to the best of our ability for the glory of God and praise. But uh, don't you prefer being at a liturgy where you sense there's an energy and an aliveness and, and, and versus uh, just everyone inward? One other one here. When it comes to connection, belonging, a prayer is vital, especially with, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking here, with those we know who may be disconnected. And uh, one of my favorite saints is St. Augustine, and someone who's intimately connected to St. Augustine is St. Monica, his mother. I think she's a great, uh, a great, because I know a heartache for many parents and grandparents is when their kids get disconnected and uh, it's, it's, it's very common, sadly. And I always encourage them, you know, don't lose hope. You know, your prayers can help those kids and grandkids stay, stay connected. And you never know when that opening is going to happen. Look at St. Augustine was not baptized until he was 33 years old. You know, his mother was, you know, she had a lot of heartache for a lot of years, praying for him, tears, encouraging him, inviting him. And he was, he was pretty, pretty defiant. But... Uh, I think her prayers, I bet they had a tremendous impact in the softening of his heart. So they finally heard God's word. St. Ambrose was key in just his own reflection on, on the writings of, 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 of especially St. Paul. And the Lord touched him through that. What, what changes took place? And so, uh, you know, never, never lose heart. And the Lord can always bring grace and new life. And uh, again, your prayers can keep them connected and it keeps us hopeful and strong. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there, and I'm gonna invite uh, I'm gonna invite Paul forward. And so uh, next week, uh, Father John is gonna be uh, talking about the second of the three parts, which is gonna be believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the teachings of the church, and why that is so vital and so important. And then uh, Father Grismer is going to be talking about discipleship. And, you know, uh, the bottom line with our, you know, our, this, this vision and with our mission 
It's, it's so much connected with the great commission of Jesus. Go and make disciples. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And again, baptism is a sacrament where we're connected intimately to Christ, into the life of the church. And that's where I think really the Lord desires for us to be, and we do it together. So uh, I think we always need to have that invitational hat on, because some people think, I can't do evangelization. That's for the professionals. But uh, if you're a person of faith, and your faith is important to you, and there are some people that only you can connect with that I can't connect with, and so uh, don't dismiss your, your faith or what the Lord can do through you. So let us give glory to him as we uh, kind of wind down our evening together through, uh, through song. Please stand. And I just invite you to sing. We're going we're gonna to pray the song, Here's My Heart, Lord, as we close out this evening. So I just invite you to sing the chorus, Here's My Heart, Lord, and we'll just repeat that. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. what is true speak what is true because I am found because I am found I am yours I am loved I am loved I'm made pure I have life I can breathe I am here I am free because you are strong. Because you are strong. You are sure. You are life. You are life. You endure and you are good. You my heart. that one last time. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what Let's us share in our Father together and give you a final blessing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. And again, everyone is uh, welcome to uh, gather next uh, next Wednesday, seven to seven forty-five, and we're also uh, via live stream. God bless you all.